On today's podcast, we have Ranger Ewing with us. He is from Norman Roscoe. Join me today as we celebrate Ranger. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so <laughs> excited. I get to talk to Mrs. Ewing's husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hope I don't disappoint. Oh, no. I already stalked <laughs> you on Instagram, and I'm like thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, you were so fun. You and <laughs> What's your partner's name? Polito? Uh, yeah, his name's Eric Polito. Um, and yeah, we refer to him as Polito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in high school, that's what we did with all the guys. We always called them by their last names. Yep, exactly. Something about nickname. Yeah, how did you and Polito meet? We met um, my freshman year of college. Uh, we were in a fraternal organization together, um, and we got we happened to get uh, put into the same. Uh, basically, we called them cell groups. They were like small groups within the, the fraternity, and uh, we we clicked pretty pretty much immediately when we got into the group. We just knew we had. Uh, a kindred spirits and and had a, a good connection and similar sense of humor but um it really wasn't until a year later uh he is a musician and knew knew even at that point when we were 20 21 years old that he wanted to be in the music industry uh he got an internship with universal records in new york city uh for the summer and i jokingly said well hey let me tag along with you and he said well come on if you want and so uh, we moved to New York for the summer of 2000, 2001, actually, right before 9-11. Uh, that summer before, we were living together uh, with two other guys. And that summer really cemented our, our friendship and bond. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where it's the perfect setting, perfect time of life. And we just clicked and the rest is history. And we, we kind of, at that point, we would stay up late at night and dream about the future and talk about what ifs and, and what could be's. And I think we always knew if the stars aligned, maybe we could do something together in the future. We just didn't know what, we didn't know what that would look like. So where did you guys go to college? Was it North Texas? No, we actually both went to Texas A&M. Oh, and y'all are cool. And you went to A&M. <laughs> we were, we were what they call, well, actually I would argue See, there's something at AM called a two percenter where you're not really a diehard Aggie. I would say we're more in the 0.2 percenters. Uh, <laughs> we're really, really low on the the gigum Aggie spirit. I, 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 I had I had a great experience there. I really loved going to college there. My life wouldn't be where it is now if I didn't go to school there. But I, I'm I don't think either one of us have the personality to just dig in the way that a lot of people that go to that school do and nothing against it, nothing against people that do. It's just not in, in my nature to, to cling on to a, a college or a sport or a, identify yeah. myself with something like that. I, it's just never been the way I am. Well, were you, were you raised in Denton? Like, are you born and raised here? Cause you know so much about Denton. No, I, uh, I really, uh, so can I, can I give you a little bit of the story of how I got here? Yes, I would love okay, it. Sure. Um, so whenever, whenever I, well, I, actually, this is going to kind of turn into a long story if I go to this route, because it, you kind of need to hear the whole way that I got here. Um, I've so, got time. I, okay. I edit. So whatever you want to say or not say, I've got Okay, you. great. So, so Eric, um, he, he graduated in 2001, uh, or, yeah, 2000 one uh december and he what happened with him is he was in a band he is in a band he is the lead singer now of a band called midlake and they're really well known uh not only in denton but they've traveled the world they've you know they're major recording musician to, uh, you know band and um and polito had the opportunity to come to where his friends were in denton uh in this band midlake that was just starting but he believed in it he knew they were going to be something and he, he had the opportunity to be the guitarist in the band. And so he jumped at the opportunity and moved to Denton as soon as he graduated from A&M. And, um, and at that time, so I, when I was 19, uh, this is back in 1999, um, I had started a business um, called Northgate Vintage. And all the way from the time I was 
mid high school, um, I got really into vintage clothing and I, I use the term vintage clothing loosely. You know, I'm talking for me, it was 1970s, 1980s graphic tees, Mm -hmm. um, that just had the certain vibe, feel connection with nostalgia, all the things that make vintage clothing special. You know, you can't put one thing on why people like vintage, but for me, it was just a combination of all these things. And we, I grew up on the border of Mexico, which um, the town I grew up in, I split between McAllen and Mission, Texas, which is right on the border of Reynosa, Mexico. So it's a, it was a very unique upbringing because I didn't know any better. It was normal to me, but now that I'm removed from it, Growing up on a border town is unlike any other place. You, It is wonderful in many aspects, but it's also you're kind of getting the worst of both countries on a border town a lot of times as well. Um, but I have so many things that I, that I appreciate growing up in that area. And one of those things are what we call rag houses. And if you're not familiar with what a rag house is, they're in, it's an importing and exporting business that brings in clothing by the truckload. It's like, it's like if you've ever seen bales of hay Mm-hmm. These rag houses have bales of clothing that come in on trucks and they snip the, the bale, all the clothes kind of fall out on the floor. And in Spanish, you call it a monton. It's like a mountain of clothing. And it's any, it's anything from bed sheets to jackets to, uh, you I mean, anything that people are donating or giving to places all over the country, there's an overflow and there's just too much. They can't take it all. So it gets sent to these rag houses. And people like me, which I look back on now, I'm like, oh, yeah, they probably look at us like these privileged middle class white kids going into these rag houses looking for vintage clothing. It was it's a very weird thing looking back on. But at the time, we were just kids looking for unique clothing. And I would go with a couple of my buddies and we'd spend they would spend a few hours there. I would spend eight hours a day, five, Mm. five days a week. And I, I became obsessed with this vintage clothing thing. And I, it became to the point where my garage was full of vintage t-shirts, my size, not my size, women's, men's, whatever, anything that I found, I couldn't pass it up. And I had to, I had to get it. And for the price we were getting it at, you know, I was able to just create this incredible collection. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I just knew that I was getting it for a price that I couldn't pass up because of the location I was in. So that's one of those things about growing up in that area that is very unique and something that you'll see paved the way for where I am today. Um, so what ended up happening is I, I wouldn't say I'm, I wouldn't say I was born with a business mindset. Um, I'm more of an entrepreneurial mindset, but not, not truly a business mind. And so I always saw opportunities and I, uh, was somebody who really enjoyed the possibility of what an opportunity could be more than uh, more, more than the, the, the possibility that I could fail. I, you know, I, I always knew I could fail, but I was like, well, what do I have to lose? And so even, even as early as when I was 19 years old and I had this collection of vintage clothing, somebody offhand said, you know, you could maybe make some money with this. And I was like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. And so I took a trailer load of clothing back to college station when I was going back to school after, after being home for a summer and, and continuing my collection. And I just had the thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try a kiosk in a mall. And so I just popped up into a kiosk in our local mall, set up my little display with all my vintage t-shirts. And this is, this was a time where in Japan, vintage clothing was very popular, but it had not hit the U S yet. Now right. it was, it was popular in the underground, like skateboard right. community or, or punk culture or whatever that, there was a, a, a desire for the vintage clothing, but you didn't have places like Abercrombie and Fitch, which would become the huge one in, in the early 2000s of recreating that vintage clothing look, you know, distressing, making it look old. So, so when I started doing this, it was more of a, I was selling it, but I was also educating. Somebody would come up and be like, okay, what are you doing here? I'd say, well, these are vintage t-shirts. And they'd say, what does that mean? They just look old. I'm like, no, they're used, but it's, it's a, it's a niche. And, So there was a lot of, that was kind of one of the bad things about being a little bit on top of a trend is that people weren't quite there yet, but it was successful. It it, it did well, but I only did it in that way for about three or four months before I realized I would make a lot more money on eBay Mm, because I, because I started selling internationally. And so I was selling a ton to people in France, um, 
mostly in Japan, um, but all over there was there was a much bigger collection people that would were were collecting overseas. Um, and so that's what started my first business. It ended up turning back into a retail store, but I ended up opening a little shop on the main strip of town in College Station. And it was a little 400 square foot store. And that's where I really got my start in being a business owner. And Polito, that brings him back into this, he he was very much attached to me in that. He would come up and hang out at the store and just thought it was really cool what I was doing and really enjoyed the whole kind of living vicariously through me owning that business that it inspired him. And I think that's what really started this whole dream of us doing something together is because I was doing something at that time. And he saw that, hey, you know, Ranger's doing it. We, we could do something else maybe in the future. And so I, I, I so to get back on track, I had been doing this business in College Station since 1999, starting it as a kiosk, quit the kiosk, went online to eBay, then kind of like had one foot in eBay, one foot in a retail store, and then eventually went full retail. And I did that up until... 2004 or 2005 when I was in an upstairs spot on a, in an old building and downstairs from me there was an opportunity for me to buy a franchise and the franchise was called the Pita Pit and it was a a, a national chain kind of like Subway but it was for pitas and so you build your pita and serve it to the customer blah 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 didn't know the first thing about owning a restaurant and uh, but it was an opportunity that I said, well, I'm already upstairs with my clothing store. It's doing well, but it's not doing what I want for my for the future of my career path, blah, blah, blah. And so I decided to take the opportunity to have this restaurant downstairs clothing store upstairs. And so the that was I'll say this. That was the most challenging part of my life to this day was doing that restaurant. Um, I actually opened a second location six months later. So I had two of them. Oh, that's so much. <laughs> yeah. At, at, at the age of 25, didn't know what I was doing. And we were open till 4 a.m. Uh, started the day at 10 a.m. So I was working open to close for about a year straight, you know, not knowing, basically kind of the mindset of, look, I don't even know how to run a restaurant. So the only way I'm going to learn is by being here every hour of the day doing every part of it so that way I can have the authority to make this thing run and have employees that I can empower. But I can't do that until I really know the business. So it was like drinking water through a fire hose for about a year. Yeah. Sounds and, like. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it, but, but the, the good thing I can say about that is I was young, I was single. And so when, when, whenever you're in that stage of life, you yeah. have a lot of, you have a lot of energy, your social life and your <clears throat> professional life or, or work life are kind of mixed. I really didn't have a separation. So I was in a college town. I was enjoying interacting with customers. So it, yes, it was a lot of hard work, but it was also, there was a lot of social aspect to it. So it, I got a lot of energy out of, out of working like that. And as you know, you just put your head down, you grind and you don't think about it. And you just have to say this, this is what I'm doing and I don't have a choice because this can't fail. And so you know, it, it was just one of those, one of those things. Well, so, um, so during this time, you know, Eric, my business partner now had already moved to Denton and I, he would come in town every once in a while I would see him, but he was always telling me, Ranger, you've got to get to Denton. You know, this, place, this, this place is awesome. I think you'd love it. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how, I, how, how can I make sense of that? And I did think it'd be cool, but it was, I was so wrapped up in college station and had my had roots planted so much there that I didn't see how that was going to be something that was even possible. So fast forward a few years, 2008 hits and um, you know, the economy crashes and it, it kind of crashed all around me when you're in a college town like that, especially college station, you're in a bubble. And so I, I heard about how hard it was in the rest of the world and the rest of the country but for us, we were a little bit insulated and I didn't feel the results of the economy tightening until about 2010. And that's finally whenever you could start feeling that even the students' money was getting taken from their parents. And uh, so it was around 2010 that I really started to feel that 
all of a sudden everything I tried to build for the last 11 years, the vintage store and these pita pit restaurants started to just dry up. And I started cutting labor, started trying to, you know, get creative with how to, how to make things work, but there was really nothing I could do. And I held on for about a year and a half after that until about 2011, mid 2011. And I finally said, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm going to go broke and I've got to stop the bleeding. I was just putting more and more money into the, into these things. And I just knew the writing was on the wall that this yeah. wasn't sustainable. And so I closed up shop, licked my wounds. I, I'd gotten married in 2008. So yeah. I'd been married. So I'd been married for a few years. I was wondering, I was going to ask, when did you meet Mrs. Ewing and how did y'all meet? Like where, okay. where okay. did that all line up? Yes. Yes. So my sister Mallory, um, she worked with me when I opened, when I opened the, the franchise, she had just graduated college. She's a year and a half younger than I am. And she said, Hey Ranger, can I come work for you? She's like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And you know, I think we could work well together. So she came and worked with me and was helping me run these restaurants. And she was, she is, you know, she's my, always in my corner. We were, we're like, we might as well have been twins growing up, even though there's a year and a half difference between us. We, we, we were like twin, twin brother, sister. And she's always looking out for me, always has my back. And she was always wanting to play matchmaker with me. You know, I, I was, I was always that the single guy and always like, I didn't want to be tied down, you know, just wanted to just be a back. I kind of thought I was going to be, I thought that was going to kind of be the, the pathway of my life, just be a, a, a bachelor. And my sister said, no, 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 no. I'm going to set you up. And I said, okay, <laughs> but I'm, pick, I'm picky and, and I don't, I don't want to just settle. And so she ended up meeting Megan in a Bible study she was in and said, oh, Ranger, I've got a girl that I think you would be a, a good fit for you. And I think you'd like her, blah, blah, blah. And I said, all right, Mal, you know, whatever you say. And, and didn't really put a lot of stock in it. And she ended up introducing us. Uh, she had an excuse for, for Megan to come into the restaurant and introduced us. And the first introduction, it was, it was pleasant. I, I was attracted to her. I thought she was very pretty and thought she was very nice, but you know, it was one of those things where I didn't get a good feel and it was, it just, I met her and she left and then didn't talk to her again for a year. My sister ends up getting married, moving on. And a year later, Megan happens to come back into the restaurant just to, just to eat. She was just going to order something. And I happened to be working at the register that night and we kind of looked at each other, put, put, put two and two together and said, oh yeah, you know, we, we met a year ago and, and kind of reintroduce ourselves. Well, that ended up having more of a click than before. And we ended up Facebook, you know, this is, this is when Facebook was kind of getting started. We Facebook, <laughs> Facebook friend requested each other, sent a few messages back and forth. They, they got increasingly longer and longer messages until finally I said, Hey, all right, enough with these long messages. Let's, why don't we go meet for coffee and, you know, get to know each other. And so we, we went and had our first date and then three months later we were married. And so it was, oh. a, it was a whirlwind of just, you know, we kind of just knew right time, right. You know, was, everything was just right this next time. And so, yeah, we ended up getting married, uh, September 20th on Megan's birthday, uh, in 2008. Well, let me just tell everybody how I know you. Mm -hmm. So Miss, Mrs. Ewing is the kindergarten teacher where my daughter went to elementary school. So I've known, I've known of you. My daughter's now into sixth grade. So I've oh known my goodness. <laughs> since my daughter's been in kindergarten because we would always order our class t-shirts through Norman Roscoe. Mm -hmm. And I would get really irritated with other people that would get them from other vendors, but the kindergarten, <laughs> they knew to get them from Norman Roscoe. And then, Slowly by surely, the other teachers would get infiltrated and start getting them because they are the softest, nicest, well-fitting shirts. And the designs were always super cute. So that's how I first knew about you was, oh, you know, you're Mrs. Ewing's husband. Oh, the t-shirt <laughs> guy. You know, that was my first connection with you. And Mrs. Ewing is the sweetest, stereotypical kindergarten teacher. I remember there were mornings when it was super hard, it was just a really hard morning. I mm -hmm. mean, daughter and I were in tears and we're having a, 
you know, just those moments and button heads or whatnot. And I swear to you, your wife could just sense it because we'd be in the carpool line, you know, ready for drop off. And she would tap on my door and say, do you want me to take her in the back? And I'm like, yes. So she would allow (laughs) Sailor Kate to go in her entrance to the school so she wouldn't be late. So we wouldn't be stressed. So our morning would be easy. So your wife has just been like this little angel the entire time for us. She's been such a blessing. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And you're right. She, she has a gift and that being a teacher is what she's supposed to do as hard as it is. There's years. It never fails around, you know, spring of every year. She, she'll end up saying, Oh, I got, I got to find a new career. I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. And I'll say, yeah, I know it's the end of the year. It's hard, but you're so good at it. And you, you would miss it so much. And she knows it. She, it's just, it's a hard profession. I, I feel, I feel for teachers. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not. My mom is a retired teacher and, you know, I just got a glimpse of what she went through. You know, I wasn't married to her. I just was, mm-hmm. and I wasn't even the, in the home when she was doing it. I had already left the house when she had gotten into teaching. So I didn't get to see all the ins and outs, but just from what I heard, you know, I mean, it's, it's super hard. Mm-hmm. I have so much, so much love and sympathy for our teachers, but yep. yes, I'm very curious how um, you and Megan uh, hooked up. So it was in College Station or it was in Denton? It, it was in College Station. And um, yep, it was, it was when I still had the the restaurants there and the vintage shop. And we, we met and then got married three months later. And then, you know, we were just dove into this world of being married, her teaching, me trying to run these businesses that were starting to become difficult to run. Yeah. And got to the point where I said, look, I'm going to try and this is 2008. I said, look, the economy's starting to get tough. I can't pay myself what I used to pay myself. So we're going to have to just see if we can scrape by until I can see if these are going to turn around. And they, and they didn't. So we lived on Megan's salary teaching for about two years with me still working my 50, 60, 70 hour weeks, not paying myself and just saying, I got to just see what, how I'm going to make this work. And yeah, this is, this is our struggle. First few years of marriage were tough. Um, you know, we were happily married, but we were also financially stressed and just didn't know how we were going to make ends meet. Yeah. Um, and so fast forward, you know, 2010, our, our oldest daughter, Claire, was born. Yes, and- I see you taking I see you taking her to school nearly every morning when I'm coming home from dropping off Kate at school. I'll see you um, in the pickup truck. Yep. yep. But I never honk or wave because I don't I don't think you know what I look like, you know. <laughs> So I don't want to be, I don't want to startle anybody you know, early in the morning. Like who the heck is honking at me? You probably already see sweat coming down my face and Claire's face. That truck is so hot, but uh, yeah, we, we've been sharing, a, a, we make Megan's car. We ended up selling and we had to buy her a new one. And so we've been waiting for it. So she's, she's been using my car and I've been using the truck. So finally we're back into normal car situation, but yeah, that, that was, that was definitely fun though. Taking her in that truck and seeing all the, people looking and waving and yeah that, that truck's a great thing for our business so now we're getting to the to the Denton part you know 2011 uh I closed everything down licked my wounds you know financially it kind of devastated me but luckily it didn't affect Megan and we were able to kind of pick up the pieces and I kind of just said okay what am I going to do with my life now I've I've been investing in this t-shirt restaurant thing for the last 11 years. I've never really had a true career. I, I'm, I don't know what I'm good at. You know, I, I was at a kind of a weird spot where I, I needed to make a decision. Was I going to try and do something again for myself or was I just going to work for somebody and do the normal nine to five grind? And, uh, you and you had a child now too. So yes, you weight yeah. on your shoulders. Yes. It, it was, it was very difficult, very stressful, but st- I, I still, I, I didn't want to just give up on this mindset of having a dream and, and the American spirit and the American dream of like being a small business owner, but it wasn't in the cards at that time. And somehow in some way, you know, I, th- I think God involved in this put a connection from an old family friend of mine who I knew from when I was a kid, he's, he's about 10, 10 or 12 years older than I am, but he was working in the DFW area for a surgical company, surgical equipment company. And he happened to call me and said, Hey, I heard you were looking for something. I have an opportunity for you. 
the good news is it's a really good company. The bad news is it's in Decatur, Texas. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I started laughing. I didn't, I didn't even know where Decatur was. And so I said, okay, well, tell me more. And so he told me about this job and it was with a company called Carl Stortz Endoscopy and they sell surgical equipment for laparoscopic procedures. These are words that I could not even pronounce at the time. And here I All was right. about to go take a job for this company. So definitely felt like, okay, what am I getting myself into? But I looked at a map, saw where Decatur was and said, oh my gosh, that's close to Denton. And said, you know, this could be, <laughs> this could be what I've been waiting for to find a way to go be closer to my best bud, Polito and get into a different place and new opportunity, new setting. It's kind of what maybe I thought our family could use. And so I took the job and, um, the unique thing about that time was I took the job in January and as you know, Megan is a school teacher and she needed to finish out her school year. So I moved up to this area and instead of living in Decatur, I decided to live in Denton and Polito's wife, Kristen worked for Nordstrom as a visual merchandising manager. And she was opening a store in Nashville, Tennessee and was living there. And so Polito and I said, Yes. And so Polito, oh I have a feeling I know where the story is going and I'm so excited. Yep. So Polito and I said, well, hey, why don't we room together? Why don't we, why don't, he said, why don't you move into my house, live in the basement and, you know, your wife's got to finish out the school year. My wife's living in Nashville and, and we see each other, they were seeing each other every other week or something like that on the weekends until her time up there was done. So I move in and I was, t- I took this job in Decatur, was commuting back and forth every day. Um, but let me back up a little bit. When I had the vintage store, um, we used to get vintage blank t-shirts in every, every time I'd go look for clothing, I, I'd get a few blank ones and okay. I would just kind of stockpile them. I'd kind of put them to the side and every once in a while, I, you know, once a year, twice a year, I'd take them to a local screen printer and get my logo for my shop printed on these vintage blank shirts. And there was one time where that screen printer ended up messing up on the order and it was really frustrating because you you can't just magically get more of these vintage blank shirts and you have to wait for them to come you know to find them and become available so i ended up saying you know what forget that i'm gonna learn how to screen print myself so i can do this and so that's what started my whole screen printing thing was i was just doing it out of the loft in my art in our, in our house and very crudely, very DIY, but I mean, it was it was okay, but it definitely wasn't like on a commercial level. It was just, you know, <laughs> doing it for my my little boutique store. So okay. fast forward, I moved to I moved to Denton with Polito, and he him and his band Europe on a tour. And he said that he would it'd be really cool if we could print posters, screen printed posters for his tour. And I said, well, I said, I'm not a great screen printer, but I know how to do it. Maybe we could do it ourselves in the basement. He's like, oh, man, really? I said, yeah, let's let's try it. So we end up screen printing like a couple hundred of these posters in his basement. And that's when the light bulb went off. We said, hey, this is really fun. We're doing something together. It involves music, his band, screen printing, something that I know how to do and we could sell to others. Maybe this is the business that we've been wanting to do all this time. I said, yeah, I said, that would be awesome. I said, we, we need a lot of equipment and a lot of like better, better equipment to do this correctly, but sure. Why not? And so, you know, at this time, this is one job we've done in his basement. It's not like we're, we've got customers or we where this is a true business, but this was like the seed that was planted where we said, Hey, th- let's, let's, let's come back to this. So he goes on his tour. I start my job in Decatur. I'm commuting every day. It's a lot of work, a lot of learning. So I'm very, very entrenched in this new career that I have. But on the weekends, you know, he when he came back from his tour, on the weekends, we started just printing more shirts for his band. So that was kind of our, our learning curve. We bought a little bit better equipment. We, we, we invested more and more time online, learning and researching inks and emulsion and screens and everything having to do with screen printing to actually do a job that that would be on par with what other shops in town would be doing you know instead of it just being a typical 
yeah, this is garage printing or DIY printing. I wanted to do something that you don't know it's getting done out of a garage. You know, it could, it could be getting done from any shop across America and be on the same level. So fortunately we had a built-in customer with his band Midlake that I was able to kind of learn and get better while making money doing it because the band would then pay us to do it. And so that then parlayed into us getting more customers, more opportunities just from doing it for his band. And so before you knew it, you know, about a year into us starting this thing, we've, we've got a few really great customers. We're working early, early mornings before I go to work, we're working the weekends and we're getting busy to the point where it's like, okay, we're getting too busy where I, we either need to slow down because we can't, we can't really, this isn't sustainable with me having a, a, a full-time job as well, or we need to jump and make this into like a true business. Yeah. And for me, I, my dream was that I could do this as a business and be a small business owner again. But my fear was, you know, I've done this before. I've, I've not had health benefits. I've not had a steady salary, you know, I've, I've, I've had the unknowns and it's, and it's failed. You know, I, I've, I've, I've failed at this before and, you know, I, do I think this could work? Yeah. But I also, Megan, yeah. Megan really it loved, M Megan really loved the idea of me having a steady salary and having, you know, she, she liked the security and I, I liked it too. But even in that job, I knew that that maybe wasn't going to be forever. So I had to make a hard choice and, you know, I think Megan could see that I was doing the career thing for the family, but it wasn't truly bringing me, you know, fulfillment the way that being a, being a business owner did. And so finally she just, with her blessing, she said, you know, I really want you to, to go for it. I want you to pursue this. Mm. And, um, and she's the one that actually came up with our business name. You know, we needed. I'm waiting for that. Story yeah. Yeah, one night we um we we were we were talking about the business and we had a a new customer that we needed to send an invoice to and we were like, look, we need a business name. This can't just be you know, you know, uh, my name on 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 an on an invoice. And she she kind of tilted her head for a second and then said, you know, why don't you just name it after y'all's two dogs, Norman and Roscoe. Mm. And I said, and so I, I said it out loud, Norman Roscoe. And I said, you know, that, that has a good name. It has a good ring to it. And it kind of made me think of Norman Rockwell. And I said, that kind of has a little bit to do with our vibe. And I said, yeah, I think that might work. And I, I told it to Polito and he immediately said, yeah, that's great. And so we just, one of those things where it just happened very quickly and naturally, and we didn't overthink it. And it's, it's resonated. A lot of people love our name, love our story, love the fact that it has to do with our two dogs. A lot of people don't know that it has to do with our dogs. And that's kind of a fun Easter egg where people ask, well, who's Norman? Who's Roscoe? And we'll tell them and they'll start laughing and we'll say, yeah, we even have a mural in the front of the shop dedicated to them. And <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a fun little, you know, f fun little fact for, for the shop. Yeah. Well, how do you guys come up with your designs? Because a lot of them are very nostalgic. Mm -hmm. You know, get my husband's from Denton. He was born and raised in Denton, and I'm from Fort Worth and then Trophy Club. Hold yep. on. Hold on a second. My robot's <laughs> bang on the door. Hold on. Okay. I got to turn her off. You know, Rosie the robot. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, Ranger. No problem. You know, real life. No, but yep. how do you guys, I mean, that was a, the question that I had was, you know, mm -hmm. from Denton and yet all of these t-shirts, when, when we go into your shop, which I love and we'll get into how beautiful mm -hmm. and how cute and how obsessed I am with it, <laughs> but my husband gets so tickled. I mean, you have like a roller rink shirt from the roller rink he used to yep. skate when he was growing up. There's the yellow shirt with the the rewind with yep. that he used to go. I mean, how do you how do you get this information? Um, well, um, so you know, we didn't have the retail store originally. We whenever I just we decided to go full time, we opened up just your typical industrial park, uh, white walled bay door, 
warehouse where we started printing out of. This is whenever we first decided for me to quit my job and do Norman okay. Roscoe full time. Okay. And, and then the Evers building um, became, it did not become available to us, but it became available as a like month by month Norman, hey, Norman Roscoe, why don't y'all squat in here until we find a real tenant and y'all can do a little pop-up store and see how it does. And so we just put like a small curtain up, divided the, that you know, that building's so big. We just put a curtain up, made like the, the front 400 square feet retail and decided to try and put a few designs in there and put a, 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 a cashier in there and we kind of just said, yeah, let's see what it does. But we did. We put very little effort into it because this was month to month. We didn't know how long we'd be there. And we didn't want to put a big financial investment in that building until maybe it became more permanent. So we came up with a T-shirt design called, you know, that says greetings from Denton. And it's kind of like an old postcard. That was the first design we ever did for as a Denton uh, local shirt. And that was just based on an old postcard from the 60s. Um, like those old greetings from so-and-so, so-and-so Texas that you'd send to people. And when you ask about where do our, where does our, where do our designs come from? 99% of our designs come from vintage t-shirts from my collection days. And so this, this is why I said this ties back to my beginnings of being into vintage clothing. This still is what we are all about with our own retail is that everything kind of has that trying to recreate not only the feel of the shirts, but the feel of the print and the look of the print and everything from what would have been your favorite shirt as a kid. They are all, every single shirt that I have of yours is my favorite. My daughter <laughs> has stolen majority of them and now sleeps in them. The sweatshirts are my favorite sweatshirts. I, I mean, I didn't know. I thought that I already had a tour of the inside of your shop on my Instagram because it's so beautiful. I'm obsessed with it, but I don't have one. So I'm going to come in at some point. Please. And a tour and I'd, love, I'd love that. I'd love that. Um, so going, so now, you know, we, what happened with the, with the, what we call is the Denton throwback um, t-shirts, the ones that are of businesses that have closed, but are nostalgic to people who are born, like your husband, who are born and raised in Denton, who would remember <laughs> these things. What happened is a, 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 a guy named Corey who used to work for us when we first started doing the business full time, he brought up a old VHS from Payless video that he oh. had before they closed and he just still hung on to it. And he just brought it up because he thought it was cool. And we looked at it and I looked at the front cover and I said, man, we've got to make a t-shirt out of this. I think that would be a great Mm -hmm. And so we took a picture of the, the front cover of the video and then we kind of manipulated it, put Norman Roscoe in there and kind of changed it up a little bit to make it on brand for us. And we and then I thought, why don't we put that old saying, be kind, rewind on the back, like like they used to have on the old VHSs and threw it into our retail store. And it was a hit. And it was like that was maybe the second shirt we ever had in our store. Mm -hmm. And it just took off. Well, then that opened the idea, well, what other businesses closed that, that people would really re remember and want to represent and get a kick out of and be tickled by? And that turned into Spinning Wheels Skating Rink and then to Karma Cafe Coffee Shop and Jim's Diner and all these places that were kind of part of the Fry Street and you know the whole area that people used to frequent back in the early 80s, mid 80s, late 80s. Um, and sure enough, it's been you know, it's been a hit and people will order them online from all over the country. People that used to work at Payless Video will order, them, will order them, will send them to Massachusetts or California or wherever these people are living now after they've moved on from Denton that still want a piece of that history and their, their youth, you know? It's so cute. I have a question. The black shirt with the scary guy on it. My husband knows what it is, but I don't know what it is. I don't okay. remember. We, we call that our Eddie T. And Eddie is referred to as the kind of the the guy that a band called um, uh, Iron Maiden um, right. ha had come up with. Okay. That's yep. what, yeah. So it, it's, it's a rip off of an old Iron Maiden T. Yeah. He loves it. He has yep. that one too. I mean. Yeah. Yep. And then the one that is, it's a peachy pink color. This was a couple of seasons ago and it has the state of Texas. 
has like a pinup girl. Yes. I mean, anything yeah. with a pinup, sign me up for. So yeah, that, that, believe it or not, is uh, for a long time has been our best selling tea in the entire shop. Well, I'm just waiting to see what kind of blue bonnet tea that you come up with. That That's coming out next. We're doing is that it? for our, yep. Uh, our, so a, a gentleman named Brett Hawkins, uh, he actually was the owner of Gnome Cones. And um, he he's had a he's had his hand in a few businesses. Uh, he's a he's a really good designer, and he we hooked up with him early on, and he has he is the designer of all of our Texas line of teas. We call it Texas Texas Tea House. All those shirts that you're talking about that are Texas themed are designs that he comes up with, and seasonally we'll do about six designs. So we're right up on the new six designs coming out in the next month or two. I'm super excited. I'm going to have to get a blue bonnet shirt because my Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. I think it's one of his best designs he's done. I'll, I'll send you a picture of it after yes. we get done with this. Yes, please do. Yep. I love the one that says, I hate 35. And for those of you that don't know, 35 is the major highway over here. And it's just a pain in the butt. It's yep. just, and so that one cracked me up when I saw that. So. Yeah, that's also a really good seller. And that we sell we sell stickers or decals of a lot of our designs. And that decal is our best selling decal. I think everyone <laughs> loves to put that on their car. <laughs> so. It's so funny. Okay, so since we're talking about the highway, we'll just kind of segue into the red truck. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was the tr that when we were talking about. I see you almost every morning driving your daughter to school. You're in this vintage red truck. I just posted it to my stories this morning. I did a video probably in the spring about it in the storefront. It's just like super cute. So, where did you get the truck? How did you come up with the idea to do that? Was it out of necessity or because you're just quirky and fun and you just wanted something just like hip and creative to? to get your juices flowing for work. Yeah, I think the latter. Um, it, Polito and I both love vintage cars as well. We've, we've had a few and we were always talking about how fun it would be to own one together. And then when we had, when we moved to the square, we thought, well, man, this could be a really cool advertising tool to have a vintage car that we somehow incorporate with Norman Roscoe. And so we start looking at vans, VW bugs, all these different things that we think would make a good statement, but also be fun. And he came across this Ford Econoline truck. And most people have heard of an Econoline van. That's what you think of with the old Ford vans. But I didn't even know that they made an Econoline truck. And he happened to find one in Philadelphia, of all places. And it happened to be that color scheme, the red and white. That are you serious? Are, it was already red and white? Yes, we did nothing to it. What? And so we couldn't believe it. We thought this is meant to be. This is the mm -hmm. perfect truck, the perfect look, the perfect color. The condition was excellent and the price was amazing. We thought this is too good. Too good. Something's got to be wrong with this thing. So he happened to have a friend in, Phil in Philly that he said, hey, can you do us a favor and go to this place and test drive this truck for us? The friend did. He drove it sent us a video with him thumbs upping it and said, guys, you know, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a professional car, you know, mechanic or anything, but I can tell you this thing seems cherry. It's, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And so we, we bought it, it got on a truck, they, they shipped it down to us. And we were like two kids on Christmas morning when it came in, we were just beside ourselves giggling like little boys just could not believe it. So got the truck got some decals, put it on the side, kind of, you know, played with that a little bit, how, how it would best look. And I think, you know, we landed on something really special and really fun. And like you said, it gets attention everywhere it goes. And people, people love that truck. You know, we park it on the square all the time. So everyone walking on the square, you know, usually takes a look at it. Usually, usually we'll see somebody at least a few times a day standing next to it, getting their picture taken. So yeah, it, it it the price we paid for that thing, it has paid for itself time and time again, just in advertising and goodwill and promotion for our business. It's so cute. And that leads me to the Evers building that you're in now. So I would go when my husband and I were dating and he would take me shopping on the square, you know, at a time it was an antique store. And I was in I I don't think I ever bought anything in that antique store because it, everything was so overpriced. 
Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like dingy and, you know, you just really couldn't see what you were looking at. There was so much stuff everywhere, but I remember loving that building. Oh yeah. Dreaming about what could this be? What, what, what's going to be in here one day? Cause it can't be this forever. And just praying that, you know, whoever got it, it would be something beautiful. And you guys, I mean, I absolutely love, it's my favorite shop on the square. It is the cutest visually speaking. I mean, you can go in there and take Instagram, TikTok photos, whatever, all you need to, it's all there. The Mm -hmm. shelves, the nostalgia, the colors, y'all have done such a fantastic job. Well, that, you know, that means the world hearing you say that. Um, I really appreciate that feedback because when whenever you're in the store every day and it's something that you've seen from the beginning to now, you're never satisfied. And so we're always trying to improve it. We see all the things we wish we could do that we haven't done yet. We see the warts. And so getting an outside perspective of someone that says, you know, what y'all are doing is great. It means more than you know. Um, and I really, really appreciate that feedback because I do love our store. I think we've done something special, but it's nowhere near where we want it to be. We still have felt, we still feel like we're bootstrapping it all the time and we can't wait for the day. that we can. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I look at it and I think, oh, it's like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, it just oh. looks, it's, it's so beautiful. I'm so proud mm-hmm. to have it in our town. You know, it represents so much of Denton like just itself, the brand. So well, I mean, I, yeah, I can't imagine our town without it. I'm so, I'm so excited. Do y'all, is the building y'all's now? No, um, no, like, I, <laughs> but, but we, we have a good relationship with the building owner and I, I, I think we have security in being there. Um, as long as we, we want to be there, I hope. Um, I but, hope so too, because yeah. I love it. Yeah. Such a good fit. I mean, at least it needs to be your flagship store. I, you know? I agree. I agree. We'd, we'd love to open other shops. Um, what would the dream would be that that would be like you said, our flagship store. And then we open little 500 square foot stores in like select. Parts of the yeah. It'd be, it'd be really neat. And that that's the dream is that we can expand our brand. And I know that probably one of the questions you have is what's for the, what's in the future for us, because <laughs> right yeah. now, right, right now, our business is probably 75% printing for other businesses, companies, churches, bands, organizations, anyone that needs printed shirts. You know, we, we print for anyone We we, we don't discriminate, you know, whoever needs it, whoever needs an order, as long as you meet a minimum order quantity, we'll print for you. Um, and that's really is our bread and butter. Our, our retail is just like the icing on the top. And, the, the margins are really good in retail. They're much better in retail than they are in the production side of our business, but the volume is just so heavily weighted on production. My dream is that the, the scale can be a little bit more balanced and that our retail comes up to a level, which I year over year, we're growing at a point that I think in the next five years, we'll be there where our brand is strong enough that it outweighs our production. And that's the dream is that we're doing mostly printing for ourselves. And then we're able to be as selective as we want to be on the production side, that we're not having to take everything that comes to the door because not every job is equally is equal in, well, ease and profitability. And there's a lot of factors, but right now we're hungry and we need to take on everything that comes our way. So it, it can sometimes create a stressful work environment because some jobs you might, you, what in production setting, you can put a job up in the beginning of the day and some hiccup can happen. And that job ends up taking you all day instead of yeah. what it, sh- it should have taken you an hour. And those well, are the that are I hard. Wanna get, I want to get you, I want to connect you with our school where we're going to middle school because we're not going to public school. Mm-hmm. And um, I are the t-shirts are cute, but the quality is not there at we'd love all. to yeah we'd love to i'm like i don't care if i do it on the side like, <laughs> like it has nothing to do with school but it is a school t-shirt they can wear on spirit day but i do want to get together with you on that and figure out how we can infiltrate her new school because i would love that well I'll t- I, I love shirt so much i'll tell i'll tell you one thing that could be really beneficial and this is something that's been huge with other schools and it's something that we off, we offer as a service that a lot of other print shops don't offer 
is we've started building online stores for these schools. So instead of having to collect money from every student, take things home, flyers, whatever, we have the shirt online. You just go online, click order. It puts the kid's name and teacher's name in the order. And we do everything on our end. We order the shirts, we print them, we put the kid's name on every shirt, we package it so that when it gets to the school, all you got to do is hand them out and there's no guesswork. There's no. And so I think that's been a huge selling point for a lot of teachers and administration and other people involved in the schools is saying, oh, y'all are taking all the all the grunt work out of ordering shirts for the for the kids. I need to connect. Gosh, I got so many. We need to. I need. I think. My husband and I just need to have dinner or lunch with you and your wife. We'd love it. We'd love it. I'm just thinking of, oh, there's a little happy shop that's it's in another state. But she has like fun, quirky stuff that she offers. And I would love to connect you with Ashley because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, she could have some of the things in her store, you know, that you guys provide. Do y'all, you know, what is the most random place you've gotten an order from? Or, you know, who's traveled the furthest that you've noticed in your store? Have you seen any of that? Or is it just all a lot of local? Yeah, we've had, uh, off the top of my head, I know that we've we've sent things overseas to a few people. Um, we've sent something to, um, we've sent a few things to Hawaii, as that's probably the farthest in the U.S. Um, the, the, um, the, the drummer from the Foo Fighters, who sadly passed away uh, a year, year and a half ago, Taylor Hawkins, he came into our shop a year or two before he passed and bought a few items and wore them in concert and wore them on his photo uh, music video. Um, and we've had a few, uh, like, well, just last two weeks ago, Pearl Jam was in town and Polito ended up going to the show. He had VIP tickets and took a couple of our hats to the show. And Eddie Vedder, the lead singer of Pearl Jam, wore a hat on stage that night. So we've had some, we've had some neat things like that happen where you're just like, you can't predict this stuff and we no amount of you can't pay enough for advertising like that you know just sometimes things just happen because the stars align it's the right place at the right time and you know things like that happen but those are some of the coolest things i think uh, uh that have happened and yeah we've 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 had people far and wide you know share, share things on social media where we said oh how did they get a shirt or how did they get a hat or you know i didn't know they were they were into our into what we're doing yeah. I mean, I'm into it. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> How do you feel about sharing a little bit about the screen printing process? I know you don't want to share all your industry secrets, but you guys do do events and on the town square, y'all have something like the live screen printing process. And yeah. I was just curious, what does that entail and what do people get to see? Okay. First thing before I forget um, with live screen printing, we had a really neat opportunity last year. We actually had two opportunities where we printed uh, at Willie Nelson's ranch outside of Austin. Uh, we live printed for his, he puts on something called luck reunion every year where he headlines, but he has all his friends come out. They all perform on stage. And it's just this huge get together on his private property. Uh, we printed at that last year, which was a really good time. We met so many neat people, great connections there and just, that was probably our first dive back into doing proper live printing. We kind of stopped doing it for a while. And then once we started doing it again, when this opportunity came to do it for Willie Nelson's event, we said, okay, let's get back into it. But let's be selective because it's a lot of work, you know, mm-hmm. traveling with your equipment getting all the screens prepared and anticipating how many people are going to be there and buying the blank shirts, and not knowing if you're going to have spoilage, it's a lot of risk. And so we said, if we do it, let's at least have a really good chance at being successful so then not even a month after that luck event, we had an opportunity to do another event that was a private event for Willie Nelson uh, doing a concert. So we had this amazing, you know, first feet back into screen live printing with happened to be for these Willie Nelson events that were just amazing and then have opened up other opportunities with people that happened to be at those events that learned about us doing it and wanting us to do it at their event. So we're doing something for Texas Monthly uh, next month, it's a it's a barbecue event they put on, and then we have something with another company called Nomad Grills. Uh, I believe the month after that. So, 
that's definitely opening up to us doing more things uh, for corporate events, uh, live printing. And then, like you said, we also will do it just for a big busy day on the square. We might go out on the front of our shop since we have such a great location. It's easy enough to just get on the, the front sidewalk and live print out there for all the people passing by, which is something we did for the arts and autos that happened two weeks ago. And that was a great opportunity to be out mingling with everybody and showing what we can do and being a part of the action while it's going on. Um, but, but the process of screen printing, you know, it's, it is, it, there's a lot of labor involved and there's different inks you can use. And one thing that sets us apart is we like to use water-based inks, which are more difficult to work with for most shops. And that's why sometimes certain shops will stay away from it and just use your typical thicker plastisol ink that kind of feels like vinyl on a shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are times for that we still will use that type of ink when it's when when the shirt or design calls for it, but we try to use as soft of ink as we can anytime anytime we can to give that breathable feel to the shirt so that you want to go back and grab that shirt time and time again every time it's clean in your closet. You know, you we don't want to print things for people where they just put it in the closet, don't think about it, and don't ever want to wear it. The goal is that becomes their favorite shirt and they want to wear it anytime they can. Yes, there are favorite shirts in our household and they wash and wear really well. They don't pill. And mm-hmm. I've had tons of t-shirts. I was in a sorority. So, you know, when you're in a fraternity yeah. sorority, you get like all the t-shirts. So yeah, I've had all the t-shirts and I have my favorites and y'all's t-shirts are absolutely hands down my favorites. And I, my husband has told me now, he's like, quit buying me quit buying me shirts, but then he'll, he'll physically wear holes in them at me. Cause he'll wear it every single day, <laughs> all day long. He doesn't care. He'll wear it to do yard work. He'll rip it. He doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, so yes, they're the favorites in our that's, that's music to my ears. That, that, <laughs> that means so much. Well, we're going to switch gears for just a minute. Cause we're just about out of time. So I do this bit with all of the guests on the podcast since I'm a color consultant and that's my specialty. And we kind of go over the paint colors in your home. And from word on the street is that you live close to me. And I, I live in South Ridge. I think you live in the other ridge. Is that yes, correct? Yes, that's correct. So I did a color consultation, I think, in your cul-de-sac for a house. It's either in the same cul-de-sac or the one over, if I'm not mistaken, where y'all live. Um, but do you know the paint colors in your home? Well, I, you know, I, I knew I saw that you were going to ask this and I, I would have what crazily enough last summer, we had a flood in our house and we lived in a hotel for the last year while our house was getting redone. And we used to have grass cloth all through our entire house that was painted. Um, and when this happened, they had to tear everything out and they repainted our entire house. And I, I could not get the information of the color before we had this um, meeting this morning. So I'll have to get it to you after. Uh, Is it white? It's white. Yes. And they, instead of doing the grass cloth again and painting it, they said they were going to go for museum walls, whatever that means. So it's just, yeah, very white, very, um, our house is, is older. And so it's got a lot of wood, uh, wood Mm -hmm. floors, wood in the windows. Um, and so, I really, really like how how bright our home is with contrast to the dark wood all throughout all throughout the house. So, um, yeah, I'll have to get the information to you after after we talk. Oh, you're so funny. I just thought I was wondering, you know, what colors does do you have in the home? And for me, you know, I've got a bunch of different colors, but I have a lot of creatives, a lot of artistic people that come on the podcast and they tend to do white. Because yep. they can do whatever they want in their house. And they're so creative that they change their minds or they want to redo something. And so white is just a beautiful, clean palette. You could do anything you want. Yep. You're, 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 you nailed it. That's exactly what it is. I, I for, for my wife and I both, that's the one thing we could agree on, that if it was white, we could then decorate around, around that. And that could just be a backdrop to everything else that we do in the house. Yes. Okay. So your website is normanroscoe.com. Is that your hashtag also? Our our hashtag is Norman underscore Roscoe. uh, And that's on Instagram. Then Facebook's easy enough just to look up Norman Roscoe. Um, We're we're probably the most active on uh, on Instagram. Um, our, Our website's kind of unique in the fact that it's sectioned off between uh, information for printing and also 
our retail shop. So you can kind of do everything within our website from getting inquiries about us printing for your organization or who, or if you know somebody that needs printing services done, you can find most of the information there or at least get a quote started. But you can also shop for all the things we've been talking about on this podcast. Uh, er most everything we sell in our store, we try to make available online. So we've got a pretty good uh, catalog uh, available at any time on the site. And then our phone number is listed on the site. So if, if somebody has a question, wants to call in and ask about how something fits or clarification on sizing or something about our, our T-shirts, they can always call it and our customer, uh, our, our retail associate can talk to them. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank and you. And I love Faith. your name. I love your thank name, Ranker. So thank cute. you. <laughs> oh, this has been this has been a pleasure. I've been looking forward to it, and really, am honored and and thankful that you reached out and wanted to interview me. Yes, absolutely. Well, tell Megan I said hello. I will. All right. Bye, Ranger. Bye, Faith. Thank you again. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs>